Welcome to the Art of Humanity with Jessica Ann. Listen for fresh perspectives with artists, leaders, authors, and entrepreneurs. Explore creativity and consciousness. Evolve your business with the Art of Humanity. Now, here's your host, Jessica Ann. Welcome to another episode of The Art of Humanity, where we explore creativity and consciousness to allow you and your business to evolve. Today, I'm thrilled to have with me Asa Idoni, who is a composer and sound healer, a certified hypnotherapist, and practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. Asa, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you, Jessica. I'm glad to be here. Asa, you're a sound healer. Can you explain to our listeners what exactly that means? Sure. Um... You know, it means different things to different people, and it's definitely meant a lot of different things to me over over my process of development and exploration with it. But essentially, sound healing is a way to be with music of any kind, really, and to be with sound in such a way that can put us into contact with our inner world in a therapeutic way. So... One of the ways I like to use sound healing is through brainwave entrainment technology, um, which is essentially a way of offering a particular kind of stimulus to the brain that allows us to enter into certain states of consciousness where healing and evolution and change can occur more easily. So a lot of people think of um, Tibetan singing bowls and gong meditations and these sorts of things. And that's all definitely a part of it. But I've focused more on the, the scientific aspect of the neuroacoustics. So the way that um, sound and music and frequencies impact the brain and brainwave states. And also the, the, the mysticism of sound. So I like to explore music theory and its intersection points with the mystery teachings. So it's really been a process of um, exploring how to use sound to kind of drop into these, these states of meditation and consciousness where we can come in contact with our own inner silence, with um, that space in us that is deeply connected to truth. Mm, I love that. How did you get into being this sound healer and what you do now? Well, I was always into music, as as most kids are growing up. Um, what, and, what kind of music? Well, I played drums. Cool. And so I was a percussionist and I played on a drum set with my brother who played guitar and we, we jammed a lot. I was also in the marching band and orchestra in junior high school and high school growing up. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just always really loved music. I was interested in, in traditional, um, tribal rhythms and, you know, hand drums and that sort of thing. And later I picked up the flute. And I played flute in um, ensemble for a semester and just really found music to be one of the most nourishing and exciting things that, that I could invest my time in. And so as I 
you know, grew up and got interested in other things. Um, I found different alternative healing modalities very interesting to me, um, especially hypnotherapy. And so when I opened up a hypnotherapy practice um, about 10 years ago now, 11 years ago, I started to notice that these, these states of consciousness that people are entering into when they go into trance, um, when they go into that hypnotic state of, of opening into to a deeper receptivity to, to suggestion for the unconscious mind, um, I noticed that music um, was, was able to facilitate similar states. So I started to incorporate music into my therapeutic practice. And I noticed that I got really good results and, and I could even speak a lot less and have my clients go very deep, very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So at some point I realized that it was possible to fuse my two passions. So cool. And, and that's, and that's what um, got me on this path. When I tried to set up a time to speak with you, you said that you don't make any set plans. You live in the moment. How do you make this work? Well, it's not that I don't make plans. I just okay. try not to. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why is that? I, I, I definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to. And um, I just really enjoy having having the freedom to kind of be in the flow of my creative process. Um, and I'm always willing to make plans if that's what's called for, you know. I just have a, a preference to kind of, you know, be spontaneous and um, in the moment. Oftentimes I, I find myself making plans to do something and that's maybe not what's the most inspiring thing for me to do <laughs> at that moment. You have resistance to making set plans? Um, maybe it's not resistance. It's, it's that um, I want to I make plans when plans are necessary. Mm-hmm. And I also want to leave space and, and, and have the freedom to, um, let the muse work on me and work through me to Mm -hmm. be with. I just kind of work with my, with my strengths on that. And I know that I, I thrive most when, when I have an open schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I've also kind of made plans in, in my life and have just been on fire with a creative project and have had to kind of shut down that, you know, flow in order to go and do something um, in the world in a more linear way. And so there's a, there's a tug of war there. Something that you mentioned a little bit earlier was integral theory. And um, I think you mentioned that one of your mentors is Ken Wilber, who is known as the Einstein of consciousness. And he's the originator of arguably the first truly comprehensive integrative philosophy aptly named integral theory. Mm. Um, he believes that every field of knowledge contains at least one aspect of truth, no matter how small. Can you shed some more light on integral theory and why you think it's important? Wow. You've been doing your homework. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm really, I'm really interested in the process of evolution and, and how healing and growth and change occur. And, you know, I'm also really interested in, in, in the ways in which people can come together in an experience of, of mutual understanding and shared experience. And so I've been deeply curious about um, 
what people are saying, you know, in terms of um, what what is the big picture? What is the purpose of life? What are the what are the orienting generalities, as as Ken Wilber describes them, that allow us to come together in a in a in a comprehensive way, in a in a loving way, in a uni- unifying way, and you know, in all of my in all of my search through different you know pathways of of uh, spiritual teachings and and various healing modalities, you know, everybody has a different opinion about the nature of reality and the purpose of the human experience and you know, what, what kinds of teachings are, are worth pursuing and which ones are not. And it's, it's almost never the case that people really agree. And, you know, so I'm, I've been really curious as how, how do we find those places where we, we can all see the same thing in similar ways? How can we, how can we take the best of, of the ideas that are out there and organize them so that, um, so that we can all, you know, play together nicely. <laughs> and, um, so I found, you know, integral philosophy and integral theory to be uh, one of the most concise and comprehensive ways of knitting together all of the, the various fields of, of, of study from, you know, the sciences to the different spiritual teachings. And it's, you know, they describe uh, integral theory as being psychoactive in the sense that just to subject your your mind to the ideas that are there has a deeply impactful um, effect in the way that we process information, in the way that we experience our reality. So you're saying that just knowing about integral theory and, and identifying with the basics of it, you can expand your mind? Yes. It, it can catalyze the evolutionary process mm. tremendously just by, um, you know, working with the concepts. So a lot of the concepts have influenced the way that I relate to, you know, science and sound healing and, you know, and even spiritual teachings. And so w- when I come across these golden nuggets of wisdom, which are just all over the place in integral theory. I, I try and reference these ideas to the way that I implement um, the insights that I've come to and the different methods and techniques that I've used in, in my um, creating uh, these sound healing programs. So one of, one of the ways I can give you a kind of concrete example here um, mm-hmm. in how integral theory has impacted um, my sound healing work they point out, and I say they because there's there's a lot of writers on this, and of course Ken Wilber is, is kind of the most well-known and um, the most prolific of, of the writers in integral theory, but there are, there are many, um, many amazing, inspiring writers, and I enjoy a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they point out that there are these, um, these, these four basic states of consciousness. Well three, but, and, and three bodies, okay. but then the fourth is kind of, um, all encompassing. So, so they talk about the gross body, the subtle body and mm-hmm. the causal body. 
the gross, the gross body is, is the, the physical. So that's where we experience this third dimensional reality, this, um, you know, the time space situation of, of our five senses, uh, the subtle body, then it's kind of more, um, the, the intuitive interior kind of, um, internal sensations that happen. And these can be, you know, these inner luminosities, these inner intuitions that are, are, are really hard to describe in a concrete way. And it's a very, um, it's a very subjective part of our, of our nature and our inner life. Going back to that second one, would you explain that by associating it with synchronicities or um, does that simplify it too much? I, I know there's a connection and there, there's some, some overlap there, um, and I think, you know, the, the subtle body, this, the subtle field definitely does have a relationship to the way in which we experience those synchronicities and, um, you know, has a lot to do with whether or not we're alert to them. Okay. Um, I don't mean to take you too off track. I was just curious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting question. And I would probably have to sit with that a, a little bit to, to come up with a, with a really, um, clear answer for you. Okay. No worries. <laughs> um, you know, and then the, the, the third, uh, body that's pointed out in integral theory is the causal body. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we get into, you know, things like, um, archetypes and, and the symbols of, of the human experience and, and the deep interior aspect of ourselves in terms of the, the deep unconscious mind, and even those intersecting points with the collective unconscious mind there's a there's a rich tapestry of of information and um stories that happen there uh and then the fourth is is if, uh, is uh the non-dual mm. so um but i can probably just leave that out for for this conversation since it uh tends to kind of be um a, a challenge to address and um with, with language. Okay. Um, so, so I started to notice that, you know, in a way I can, I can kind of make these connections, these, these correspondences between these brainwave states that I'd been working with within myself and these, um, uh, these, these aspects of consciousness. So I noticed that, you know, the gross body can be, um, in a way linked to the, the beta brainwave frequencies. Mm-hmm. So when we're, you know, when we're working out or doing physical activity, when we're, um, you know, activated in that fight or flight mechanism, um, we're very much tuned in to, to our, our sensory perceptions, you know, the kind of, um, the, the reptilian brain comes online and it's kind of, trying to use all the senses to measure where danger is and how to respond and things of this nature. Um, and then as we kind of tune in and kind of slow down and become more, more relaxed and, and more settled and those alpha brainwave patterns start to come online, we become more receptive to the, the subtle body. And so we can kind of feel the interiors of our body in a way that goes beyond just sight smell, taste, touch, and physical outer sensation mm-hmm. and, and, and be awake to those, that feeling of aliveness 
inside of the body, to be awake to the, 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 the inner light, so to speak. And, you know, seeing these connections to me is, is like really fascinating because I love to, um, make these, uh, connections between correspondences because I see this, this world as this kind of, um, self-replicating, um, fractal in a sense that even, you know, our physical body and our consciousness in its, in its own way is this mirror to the, the microcosm. And just making these connections and seeing how there are these universal patterns of creation that start to emerge again and again and again. These um, symbol associations start to uh, become intertwined and interconnected. And so much more meaning and richness can become available to us through these interpretations. And that's where, you know, the causal body can come online is is when we're deeply connected to the causal field, the symbols of this, and, and, and this is kind of difficult to talk about, and, um, and so I'm cautious in the way that I say this, but the, the symbols, which themselves are these kind of uh, living entities, these kind of... Um, storehouses of wisdom and information have an ability to point out these interior structures of creation and the interiors of our own psyche you know so in in, in going into these theta states which which I've I've done for many many years and kind of exploring how the unconscious mind you know speaks in this language of symbols it becomes really interesting and, and, and more and more possible to make observations about reality and about our inner nature using these abstract concepts or, or archetypes, as, um, as I like to call them, as, as uh, Carl Jung, one of my favorite uh, transpersonal mm. psychologists... Um, Love Carl Jung, yeah. ...has, has described. Yeah. And so... You know, this is this is really fascinating to me because I think a part of the problem with uh, information and with with certain teachings and certain doctrines, and where you know there's there's debates between this teaching is better than that teaching and this makes more sense than that, is that we're we're actually kind of just approaching these concepts and these insights and ideas from this really um, from this really rational place. And, you know, the intellect is, is absolutely essential for, you know, functioning in our day-to-day life and for, you know, accomplishing certain goals. But as we're trying to unravel these, you know, deeper questions is what is, what is the meaning of life? What is the nature of creation? What is the, what is the function of of this, you know, physical experience of, of I amness, and how do I navigate these, these very abstract and difficult territories of my subjective experience? And how do I, how do I, um, reconcile the seemingly conflicted and contradictory ideas that I keep hearing from all these different teachers and teachings? Mm-hmm. And I think the the way that we do that is through entering into those deeper states of, of, um, the causal 
aspect of our consciousness to kind of peel back the layers of meaning to get at the underlying essence and the underlying structures of that. And the more and more that, that we do that, I have the sense that, you know, we, we become activated and, and awake to the deeper truth within all of these external forms of the expression of truth. And then we can start to see these patterns of this coherent tapestry of interconnectivity between all forms of information and insight. Um, one of the things you mentioned was the, you know, the contradictory ideas um, and the different theories of everyone and how that kind of impacts our deeper truth. How does your music really allow listeners to come into consciousness with their deeper truth, even though, you know, in the rational mind, there might be a paradox going on. How do listeners kind of tap into that when they hear your music? Yeah. Well, you know, on a, on a rational level, on a scientific level, one of the things that's happening when, when we start listening to neuroacoustics is that these aspects of our neurology start to get activated that were before dormant. So in a sense, we can call, we can call it like a, a neuroaerobic exercise. So we're, we're listening to frequencies that our brain isn't used to processing. And that requires the development of, of uh, new networks of our neurology to become activated. <clears throat> and when this happens, it's, you know, we're also engaging that, that subtle energy body. And, you know, these frequencies, these vibrations can actually kind of impact our subtle anatomy in such a way that, you know, blockages in, in our unconscious mind start to get um, shaken loose. If there's, um, you know, traumas or um, you know, unresolved emotional issues within us, <clears throat> uh, the activation of, of our neurology and, and the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system starts to kind of... Um, energetically push those blockages up to the surface. And so what a lot of people experience, you know, is, is whatever, whatever beliefs that might be held um, in the unconscious mind that they're not necessarily aware, aware of because they've inherited them from, you know, our culture or from family or from religion or whatever, these things can come up to the surface and, and become obvious and or they get explored and we can start to question well is that really true is that belief actually serving my greatest good or is that in some way holding me back and in that sense we can start to let go of those things you know when when traumas or um, you know unresolved emotional tensions within the unconscious mind are are surfaced in this meditative process um, they can finally be addressed and in, in a way that you know, hopefully we are using other techniques and tools to, to, to address them in a more mature and responsible way. But once, once we do this and once we get past the trauma of, 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 you know, the impact that this world has on so many of us, uh, you know, then there's just, there's more freedom and there's more um, availability within our energetic circuitry to process our life experiences in such a way that's going to, to allow learning 
and, and growth to occur more easily. And that hearing... Trying to sneeze. Sorry, I was holding back <laughs> <Yeah>. a sneeze. <laughs> Could you tell? Bless you. I just held it back. I didn't want everyone. <laughs> Don't hold it back. Don't ever hold anything back. <laughs> so when we, when we listen in a really deep way, listen beyond just the physical, you know, audible aspect of hearing. And, and the words that I'm, I'm saying are, are totally inadequate to really describe what I'm talking about. But the one who is doing the listening. Which is me. <laughs> which is you. And the one who's doing the listening and then. And the sneezing. <laughs> and the sneezing. <laughs> and the interviewing. <laughs> um, that person or that, um, you know, self identified reference frame can can get experienced in a completely new way fascinating i could talk with you for probably another few hours on this topic mm. but um in the meantime where can listeners find you online um so the vast majority of our brainwave entrainment programs can be found on sourcevibrations.com. There's also a YouTube channel where a lot of those um, sample tracks can be listened to and, and there's some really cool videos that go along with them. Awesome videos. I love them. They're yeah, cool. they're fun and they're yeah. trancy and mm-hmm. um, they'll put you in a state of relaxation for sure. Uh, and then I'm also doing some side projects and kind of expanding into other genres uh, on my SoundCloud page, ASA528, ASA528. And so there's some um, works in progress that I'm sharing there. Thank you so much for joining me, ASA. Yeah, thank you so much, Jessica. And I love the work that you're doing. And thank you for inspiring people and helping us to all grow up and make a better world. Thanks for listening to The Art of Humanity. Please follow us on Twitter at It's Jessica Ann. Join us next week with your host, Jessica Ann. Evolve your business with The Art of Humanity.